0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan side of network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. We are four games into the Chicago Cubs season. Oh, we have some things to talk about. Um, yeah, oh, uh, boy. It's, it's hard to know exactly where to start, but we're going to get into it, and we're going to talk all about it. Adam, how are you? Talking baseball. Campanella, talking
1: man and Bobby Fella. You know that song? I do know that song.
0: Really? Yes. Oh, that excites me. Because I know from uh, Homer at the Bat, the famous Simpsons episode, they did a, a parody of that. That's where I first heard it. That's a great song. Oh, okay. Song. The
1: first, the first time I heard it was uh, uh, in the credits of an Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode.
0: Hmm. I didn't watch know that show. Use that. I've seen oh. a few episodes, but I haven't seen that particular episode. Hmm.
1: They they did an episode where they uh they all get on a plane and they try to break Wade Boggs' uh, alleged drinking record in one day. And then well, they know, uh,
0: It's funny. So Wade it, Boggs was in that Simpsons episode too.
1: Oh really? Hmm. Oh, weird coincidence. And yeah, uh, one of uh, Charlie, the, the dumbest one of the group, thinks Wade Boggs is dead. And it, it's a good episode. They have to after they drink however many this crazy amount of beers, they have to go to a baseball field and and get some hits or whatever. And, yeah, that song was at the end. And I liked
0: it. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. I'll have to check that out. And Homer at the Bat is actually in the Baseball Hall of Fame.
1: Really? bad they episode. Couldn't... They put an episode of The Simpsons in the Baseball Hall of Fame.
0: Right, because in that episode, it was the actual guys. Uh, Wade Boggs was in it. Ken Griffey Jr. was in it. uh, Daryl Strawberry was in it. Ozzie Smith was in it. uh, Don Mattingly was in it. A number of guys. And actually, fun fact, Ryan Sandberg was apparently asked to be in that episode, but uh, I guess he turned it down. But yeah, a number of Baseball Hall of Famers are in that episode, and the power plant is trying to get a softball team together and win. And they originally do with all the employees, but Mr. Burns wants to win badly, so he gets all these uh, all these ball players. And uh, Mike Sosha is another one who's in it, and uh, Roger Clemens. So yeah, a lot of big names in that. And it was just like a year or so ago when that episode was given a spot in Cooperstown, so a little, little fun factoid.
1: You know, I need to start watching more Simpsons every once in a while. If it's just on TV, I'll watch. But I've never actually just like sat down and watched a whole bunch of episodes in a row.
0: Just and... watch episodes, uh, seasons one through nine.
1: And I mean, everybody loves The Simpsons from what I can tell. Maybe not so much the more recent seasons, it sounds no, like. But no. there's nobody who's watched the earlier seasons has anything bad to say about it. It was and...
0: some of the best writing in TV history, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I know my dad really loves The Simpsons, too. I need to just take a day and just binge it.
0: Do it. Do it. You will not regret it.
1: But I don't know. It's not on, like, any platform. We we have to, we talked about this, didn't we? It's on some platform. Or am I going to have to just get on Amazon and, like, buy a, a DVD set or something?
0: Well, you could do that. Um, my college roommates actually gave me, uh, like, the Golden Era Simpsons box sets the like, season's like Ooh. three through seven because they knew how much I love the Simpsons. And that was really? the height of the Simpsons era. It was when Phil Hartman was still alive and he was a recurring character. He was a number of characters on that, but Troy McClure was his biggest character and it had a lot of big writers on it, including Conan O'Brien and just the episodes, they were everything. Like, I mean, they had great comedy. They had great stories they had serious moments too, emotional moments, and you just you don't get that in the new episodes. The new episodes they rely on pop culture. In the old mm-hmm. episodes, they created pop culture and they used celebrities smartly.
1: You know, I I kind of feel like the same thing is starting to sort of happen with South Park a little bit. I don't know if you're yeah. if you're like a South Park guy. I, and I i I I think some of the the more recent seasons of South Park are still good. And they're Mm -hmm. funny, but they're definitely a pretty big departure from what they did earlier. I mean, they had just some really crazy, wacky out there storylines in some of their older episodes. Whereas now you you watch an episode of South Park and the plot is pretty heavily based on something that happened earlier in the week or last week. And I don't know. I I just I kind of miss the episodes when they were just completely insane. Um, the humor I think is still, it's always been genius, but I I feel Mm -hmm. like the same thing is start of sorting to happen. But I mean, if you're, if you're doing a show for 20 years though, I'm sure at some point along the line, you're going to get sick of doing this, the same old shtick. So you can't really blame them, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. It's where I still like it, but I definitely agree. Sometimes I think Mm -hmm. it relies a little too heavily on pop culture or current events, And I get it. A lot of weird things have happened the past few years. But, you know, I, I feel like there are times when you can just go back to it being about something really random and weird. Like, my favorite all-time episode of South Park is when Eric Hartman really wants to go to Casa Bonita. Oh, and, uh, that's a great uh, Kyle one. Kyle has butters to go. And yeah. He locks butters in, a, 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 like, a bunker to yeah. hide him. Yeah, since yeah the world that is kind that of
1: episode. Exactly. That kind of thing, just you don't really see him doing that kind of episode very much anymore. It, it, relo- it revolves more around something a celebrity did that was really stupid. Right. Um,
0: or and, something and, President Trump did, or, you know, something well, like that. And, well, and that's the thing, which, it would
1: too... During the the presidential election, they had that whole season, uh, and they were so sure that Hillary Clinton was going to win because everybody was, I was too. Everybody right. like it was a lock, and you could tell Hillary not winning just completely ruined their season. Like they had this whole thing planned out that they, oh, were, yeah, totally. they were going somewhere, and then tr- and then Trump won, and they were like, oh my god, and, and you could you could just tell that it was such a curveball, and they had to. So that kind of ruined it a little bit because I, I was kind of looking forward to seeing where they were going with that, but uh, I don't know. The, yeah, the, the great, the greatest thing about South Park, though, that I've always loved is that it, like everything is fair game. They don't, you know, yes, not, they're not one sided. Literally, yes. every ideology, every person you can think of has been lambasted. So, exactly. in that regard, they they should be revered because they they've managed to to simultaneously please and anger everyone.
0: Exactly. I mean, there are times when they legit, like, you know, you think of them, it's like, oh, they make fun of religion a lot, and yes, they do. But mm-hmm. also times they actually defend it and actually, yeah. like, make fun of people who destroy religion. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, because I mean, a lot of these comedy shows today, they're, like, dedicated to just making fun of one specific group. Right. Uh, and South Park creators have said before, like, our show – is not for you. You know what I mean? If you're in right. one certain group, it's it's we're not trying to to just appease one side here. And I I love that.
0: Absolutely. Well, um we are we better uh, talk a baseball about baseball. Show. baseball huh? How we many times has this happened to us we <laughs> <laughs> that we've had
1: to say, "Oh, I guess we better talk about baseball."
0: Well, you know, sometimes it happens and uh yeah. sometimes you want to get your mind off it when it goes yeah. bad. So, I mean, let's just get into it. We're recording this on an off day. We've had four games under our belt. The Cubs are 1-3, and and they've lost a couple of really frustrating, gut-wrenching games. And then they played a game in which clown music played in the background. I mean, yesterday's game against Atlanta, the score-wise may not have been, but I think that was the worst baseball game played by the Cubs in the Joe Madden era considering there were so many errors so many boneheaded mistakes and the fact that you had double digit base runners and didn't manage to score one of them so that means not only were you failing in the field but at bat you got so many guys on and you continued to fail to drive them in i just i thought that was the worst baseball game they ever played even if it wasn't their biggest blowout margin
1: yeah and it it, it was especially bad because fans were already pretty angry and and riled up and you know I I keep saying this I said this before the season started and I'm going to say it now it's too it's too soon it's too soon to panic it just is it's unreal <laughs> the the level of, of of panic going on right now
0: so we're going to talk a lot about that that's going to kind of be our main topic of conversation is what we think so far i did a poll on twitter as I like to do, it's it's been a few episodes since we've done a nice poll. Um, I accidentally set 24 hours, so the poll's not technically done. But while we're reading it right now, we have 157 votes. And the question was simple, are you worried? The options were yes, very much, somewhat, or it's April 2nd. In other words, no, it's too early, like you said. So the majority is it's April 2nd, 49%, so nearly 50 Thirty-three percent, somewhat, and eighteen percent, yes, very much. Now, you are saying you're completely unworried. It's April second, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say that I'm not worried at all. Of course, I'm. I'm. I'm worried in, in to some degree, but I'm not hitting the panic button either. And I, I like to think that most people aren't doing that because it, Twitter is just kind of a you know, the the naysayers, the pessimists. They're they're more vocal than the it, rest. It's the venting so, platform, r- right? I, so I don't think it's it's accurately you know the ratio of people freaking out to people who are, who are trying to stay level headed. Um, I'd like to think there's more level headed people than uh, freaker outers, but I, I don't know about that. I mean, it, it's it's four games. I, I mean, it's just four games. It's such a long season, and, and look at, I mean, the Braves are supposed to be a good team this year, too, and they hadn't even won a game yet until last night. They're also one and three. I mean, nobody's saying, oh, my God, the Braves, the Braves are going to win 65 games this year.
0: The Yankees did lose two or three to the Orioles. Have yeah. you seen that Orioles lineup? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even recognize most of those guys.
1: Yeah, and you you'd be a complete idiot to say that the Orioles are a better team than the Yankees.
0: Right. Now... Here's where I'm at. I am in between somewhat and April 2nd. And here's my reasoning. I am not declaring anything over by any means. I am not saying that we're doomed, we're screwed, that's it. It's only April 2nd. We have so many games to go. But there are some trends that I'm concerned about. There are things that are going wrong that we were worried were going to go wrong early in the off season and in spring training. I want to talk a little bit about the pitching and the trend there. Let's just put it flat out right now. The pitching so far in these four games has been atrocious. It has been a dumpster fire for more reasons Mm -hmm. than one. We'll get into you Darvish's start more specifically in a minute, but Overall, I look at the pitching staff, and I see the same thing that was happening last season. And I don't know if you're thinking what I'm thinking, but basically, long story short, it's the staff's tendency to just nibble to every single batter. They go up, and they nibble, 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 nibble. Mm -hmm. That results in a lot of full counts. That results in walks, that results in a lot of hits, and even when they do get out, that's a lot of pitches because you're seeing a lot of full counts. And if you look at what the Rangers did in that series, to me it looks like they just they did their homework, they did their scouting, they're not going to chase pitches that are borderline like that as they continue to nibble away. Look at the inning where Cole Hamels gave up the grand slam. He nibbled, 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 nibbled got himself in the trouble, continued to nibble and then finally had to throw a strike, a meatball right down the middle and it got pulverized. And another problem with this is I hate the dog Wilson Gutierrez because he is a great hitter and he's off to a great start with the bat, but let's be real here. He's not a great framer. The Cubs no. have not had great framers since Miguel Montero and David Ross and 15, 16 part of the success of that pitching staff was that they had David Ross and Miguel Montero, to call the games, be behind the plate, help manage the game, and to frame pitches. That makes a difference.
1: Yeah, that's that's been a problem with Willie since he came up, is his pitch framing. And I don't know how hard they worked on that with him this offseason and in spring training. Uh, I, I would hope that they've worked on it with him, but if they have, it just seems to not be registering. And that is definitely an issue, especially when you've got as many guys – uh, with a history, or at least a recent history, of some control issues, uh, it's more important than ever. Um, but I, I think that you know, in the in the midst of this horrible start, I think we've there's some good things that were sprinkled into. And oh, of course, I, and and John Lester's start was good. And it wasn't it wasn't phenomenal by any means, but it was good. And if you got that kind of start from him most days, I think everyone would be pretty happy with that
0: you want to know it, one of the one of the reasons it was good, in my opinion? What? Because he attacked the hitters. Mm-hmm. He didn't mess around. He went up there and he attacked him. He knows yeah. he's not going to get out with his stuff anymore. He's going to pitch yeah. to his defense. Look what happened when he pitched to his defense. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: you know, I didn't think Kyle was terrible either. I, I thought Hendricks for it was a short outing. Uh, which wasn't necessarily all his fault. I mean, he really well, he had pitched some, to his
0: defense, but his defense didn't do the yeah, job. Yeah,
1: some really, really bad defense last night. Which is another thing that isn't terribly worrisome to me because this Cubs team is is good defensively, and I don't see them being a poor defensive team. That was more long. of a
0: fluke, I think. Especially errors. Yeah. That was more of a fluke. A bad night.
1: Yeah, I think it's a fluke too. Uh, the Javi Baez play in center field that was that was pretty bad. That was um, that's a play that he should know. By I mean, I get it. It's those those kinds of things. They're gonna happen every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And Javi Javi's an elite defender, so I'm not gonna begin to question his uh, his defensive knowledge. That was a blunder, and that's all it was. I think I don't think it's indicative of how he's gonna play tonight. I think it's also. Uh, inexperience on the part of zagunis too
0: that was rough yeah
1: because because zagunis really even even with javi calling for it zagunis really needed to be the guy who said no because that was his ball to get and and sometimes you have to wave off the the infielder that's going for it and that's so that's that's not completely on javi either I mean, I get it. He's he's just naturally aggressive, and he he goes for those kinds of things. And I think I think probably eight or nine out of ten times, Javi probably makes that play anyway. Uh, so it was a bad idea for him to go for it, I think. But he's also the kind of guy who can pull that off more often than not. So it doesn't it doesn't really bother me all that much. Uh, it, it's one bad defensive game. It's they're gonna straighten that out.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I know a lot of people were upset that Kyle Schwarber wasn't in the lineup and okay, to be fair, Kyle Schwarber probably should have been in the lineup, but you know, I guess he wanted to see what Mark Zagunas could do. It kind of set the table that on the second pitch, it was a weak pop-up in foul territory and he just flat missed it. It really set up the whole night, but I mean, even if Schwarber was in there, I'm really not sure that game would have gone all that much better. No. You never know. You no, never know. I, I mean, no. they played like crap, but, you know, I, I just I felt bad for Zagunis. It was not a good defensive effort. But no. you've seen some things that you've liked from Zagunis in the first couple of games. He's played in two. He's had six played appearances. He has three hits. He's driven in a run. You you've seen some nice things from him. Unfortunately, that that defensive performance last night was, but I mean, hey, look at Rizzo when he flipped that ball like fifteen feet on a play that wasn't even going to be made. Regardless, you saw Javi with another throwaway on a, you know a play he shouldn't have even made. He should have just gotten a, out at second and held on to it because he probably would have been safe either way. So yeah, you can criticize Zagunas for his defense. It's warranted, but he wasn't the only one out there dogging plays.
1: no, absolutely not. it was It was a bad game all around. Uh, it's just one to forget about, and it's one that I think I think most Cubs fans realize that this Cubs team is they're they're good defenders. they They play good defense, and so there's nothing to there's nothing to get too riled up about based on one bad performance. It happens to every team. The Cubs are, are no uh, exception to that. Uh, the one thing that everybody is freaking out the most about is the bullpen, um, because everybody was freaking out about that in the preseason. You know, they, they didn't get really any marquee arms for the bullpen, and everybody's really mad at the brass for not signing anybody. And they're using a four-game sample size to basically reassure themselves that they were right about the bullpen being trash. And I I think that's totally unfair. You you can't know from four games. Look at look at the collective ERA of this bullpen. You think that's gonna hold up all year long?
0: Well I mean I, here's the thing. You can look at a number of guys and be like, okay, Steve Seashak, he looks fine. Brandon Kinsler has pitched an inning in two thirds I don't know how good he's going to be this year, but he's been fine. Rosario has two innings. He's been fine. Brad Brock, he's been fine. I think when we look at the bullpen here, I think it's just a handful of guys that we're really concerned about. The biggest one being Carl Edwards Jr. Just because he is a well, big part of this bullpen. Uh, well, and
1: I don't know if you've seen, but MLB told the Cubs that his delivery is uh, not so legal.
0: Right. And why are we just figuring that
1: out now? Well, well, that's the thing. If you watched him in spring training, it it was a little different than it is now. It was it, very it's, different. It's, yeah, I don't know what he's he's like. Really, adding emphasizing that hesitation now. Now that the season started, which I don't understand. I mean, I thought it looked pretty good in spring training, but for some reason he's he's kind of deviated from that. But now that that worries me a little bit because you're asking a guy who needs to be good in this bullpen to change his delivery all of a sudden and so that could be a problem
0: yeah i mean he's a big part of the bullpen they tried to get tyler chatwood getting in some action and you you looked at the first inning he threw he gave up a fluky home run to jeff mathis but on the that, it's like hey he's throwing strikes he's pounding the corners he's getting some ground balls okay And then his next inning of work is when everything fell apart and it was with two outs and nobody on. And then you just hang your head and go, oh, boy, here we go again. And Mike Montgomery, you're concerned there because, well, it's a very small sample size. It's literally, literally a third of an inning. This this is funny, though. Here are the stats, an 81 ERA, an 89 FIP, a 12 WHIP, And again, that's literally like facing two batters mm-hmm. and getting one out. So don't even look into that. But I think there is room for concern there because he's had shoulder issues and he has come in to try to finish innings. I think, wasn't he the one who gave up the home run, uh, the go ahead home run to uh, what's his face as Dribble Cabrera?
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, see, three earned runs, three hits, two home runs given up. Mm -hmm. With that shoulder,
1: I'm a little worried about that, too. Obviously, Mike Montgomery is going to finish the year with an 81 ERA. Right?
0: That would be pretty impressive almost if it were ever that bad I mean bad. that's
1: concern concern is totally fair there's a big difference between being concerned and saying oh my god I told you so this bullpen's gonna suck all year long rah, 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 rah. and here's my other thing y- you think getting Craig Kimbrell is gonna completely oh it's gonna go from a, a crappy bullpen to a great bullpen all of a sudden just from getting Craig Kimbrel? no but it no. gives him a
0: dang good weapon yeah it's a
1: it would be a good start it would be an improvement but if you think if the bullpen is really as bad as twitter is saying it is craig kimbrel's not going to fix
0: it well you know it's actually funny almost mm. every bullpen in baseball sucks right now
1: yeah that's what i'm saying it's it's april it's early april and basically everyone deserves the benefit of the doubt right now you got to give them some
0: time to kind of get back into the rhythm right well, you can hope that a number of these guys can bounce back. And Carl Edwards Jr., you see this stuff is so good, but I got to admit, he does worry me quite a bit. Oh, yeah. He's, I especially mean, if that delivery thing is something he has to work on now. And here's the thing about Carl Edwards. He's, he's the guy that one batter in, you know what kind of outing it's going to be. If he gets the first out, he can cruise his way through the inning. If he doesn't. It's when things start to kind of go south. Well, yeah, and it's it's like we've said repeatedly that the Cubs this
1: year, Joe Madden is going to have to be you know, have a more watchful eye and pay attention to the warning signs from Carl Edwards, because we know now uh, that we we get a glimpse early on in his outing what he's going to do and it's probably best this year that they not play with fire. Pull them. If you have to uh, it, pull them after, well, you can't now, can you though? You can't pull them after a batter.
0: No, not next year. God, why do you think I hate that rule so much? That,
1: that makes me, I want to say things that I can't say on this network. We're keeping it PG. Uh, right. Just no, know, just know that if it wasn't PG, I would be saying some colorful things.
0: Oh, me too. Me too. I'm right there with you. But, you know, we talk so much about the bullpen. You got to look at the starting rotation, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, Cole Hamels, he was doing fine, and then things fell apart. And look, well, I get it. He was getting squeezed. He was. But he was still thing. nibbling to the bottom of the order. That's the problem. Here's the thing about Cole Hamels. I,
1: I'm kind of scratching my head wondering why he even got to start in Texas. I I don't know, because, I mean, his his problem, when when he was traded to the Cubs last year, m- most of his problems were at home. Mm-hmm. He was actually, his overall ERA was not good when he came to the Cubs, but his road ERA was actually decent. He was mm-hmm. actually a decent pitcher on the road, and he was giving up a ton of home runs in Texas. Uh, and, and I know, you know we're a year removed from that, so maybe you can't read too much into that, but I, I almost wonder if it was, a mistake to start him in Texas at all. I know that's hindsight 2020, but you know, given that his problems last year were giving up the long ball in that ballpark, it makes me wonder, you know, maybe it should have been like Lester Darvish Hendricks. I don't know. It it, it was, it was weird to me.
0: Yeah. And that's fair, but you know, it, it's, it was frustrating because his first three innings, it looked like he was going to have a pretty good game, right? I mean, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah yeah he was hitting spots he, he was making outs and then everything just kind of fell apart at the snap of a finger which again is is not something i'm going to fret about because i i think that being being on a winning team is going to help a lot it's you're more motivated you have more of a reason to actually put in maximum effort Uh, None of these I'm not freaking out about any of these guys except for maybe Carl, because asking somebody to change their delivery on the fly during the season is no bueno.
0: Let's talk about you, Darvish. That's kind of the big story of that first series was him coming back. Mm -hmm. We saw seven walks in 2.2 innings. We also saw. Let's see, four strikeouts. Yes, four strikeouts. And three runs on two hits one was a home run and he had this streak of it was either a walk or a strikeout and the ball wasn't being put in play he was working around the edges it was pretty clear to me that he looked better throwing breaking stuff because the movement was there but he was not trusting his fastball so he was throwing around the corners and the concern to me wasn't that he was throwing around the corners, the velocity was not there at the start. He was throwing, you know, 93 hit 94 once, but in the second and third inning, it was like upper eighties. So he was clearly not trusting it.
1: Yeah. That's, that is a little bit of a concern, Uh, but the velocity looked really good in spring training. So I'm not, you know, I'm not losing hope uh, in that regard. I, I believe that he can get that back pretty quickly. Um, and actually, if you watched the if you watched the game, it'd be easy to look at that box score if you didn't watch it and, and beat shake your head. But if you watched that game, there were actually a lot of calls that were really borderline. That, yes, there that were just did not go his way. It, that, this, how many walks did he have? Seven, yeah. six or seven.
0: That, that could have easily been just three. I he think had there, Andrew struck out. In the first inning, and he would yeah. have walked three guys in the first inning. He would have struck out the side. There, yeah, or he would there have given up of, one base runner. I don't a know. Lot but... of,
1: a lot of ball fours that could have really easily been strike three if it was a different umpire. So it, it, I don't think it was
0: as atrocious as the box score looks. No, I agree. Like I said, the main concern was the velocity drop.
1: Yeah, and I think that you—you you Darvish is such a strikeout pitcher too that I think maybe the pitching coach needs to just kind of take him aside, and, and I think every pitcher, every once in a while, needs reminding, like you—not all of your outs have to be strikeouts, and I—I I think that maybe that's kind of where you Darvish is at right now is that he's yeah. trying to do too much.
0: He's trying to strike uh, everybody out.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you just got to let your defense play behind you, and, and that's the best way to attack it. And especially for you, Darvish, a guy who's who's just trying to to play a full season again. I, I think that what we saw was him trying to do too much, and you know the Rangers, they really made him labor hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm not freaking out. I think we saw really good things from him in spring training. He's got a good mindset. I think he's going to get it back. I don't think... Uh, that this outing was was too much of a cause for concern.
0: We knew uh, he wasn't going to be on his top game,
1: right? And we we talked about this in our preseason show that it, thing. This week we, we kind of halfway expected this outing to not be you know the, the dream comeback that everybody had envisioned. Um, I guess I guess the silver lining is that he didn't go out with injury. <laughs> that would be my first yeah. thought if I hadn't watched the game and I looked at that box score
0: (laughs) yeah exactly I be thankful for that but yeah that was a really weird weird game and the Cubs lost it late again that was the Joey Gallo go ahead three run home run and that was like a five hour just grueling game it was tough it really was what's Joey Gallo gonna do this year
1: That's, that's I'm changing subjects a little bit here but I'm curious to hear what you think He's
0: going to hit, like, 40, 45 home runs and bat, like, 220.
1: Yeah, that's...
0: Joe. I, I'm just going to say... Joey Gallo sucks. Can I say that? He could hit home runs.
1: Yeah, who cares, though? I mean, it's... He's, he's an all-or-nothing guy, isn't he? He's, he's either going to hit a homer, a big home run, like 400-plus feet every time, or he's going to strike out.
0: Well... He sunk our hearts Saturday night, so I'm he's sad got, about that. He's, he's
1: been in the league since twenty fifteen. He's got a like a career two hundred batting average. Well. Yeah.
0: A lot of guys are like that now. Is it
1: is it worth it, do you think? I mean, I think if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a primarily a home run guy, you gotta at least be hitting like 240 250 230 ish at least right
0: well i think it's it's more valuable now because baseball this day and age is a lot more all or nothing so i think he fits in more now than maybe before
1: i mean in the rangers case it really doesn't matter because it, it they're gonna they're not going to the postseason either way but which
0: makes that first series so frustrating
1: But I mean, if you were a good team, let's say if Joey Gallo came up like in the Red Sox organization, you really holding on to a guy who's going to Joey Gallo could easily hit like one ninety for an entire season for a full season. He could bat under two hundred. Is that
0: really somebody worth
1: keeping in your lineup all year long?
0: Gallo could hit 50 plus at Fenway Park. Let's be real.
1: Well, yeah. But I mean, are you are you willing to compensate and get all of those strikeouts on top of it? He's a D.H. Sure. I suppose. I guess Again, I more this an is an era where we're striking out and
0: hitting home runs collectively more than ever. I suppose it depends on what you've
1: got around you because I mean Joey Gallo is is not gonna get on base very often.
0: Well no, but if if you're surrounded by a lineup of like Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts and those guys are getting on base like crazy and you know, mm-hmm. every time he cranks one, he'll drive in multiple runs, so
1: yeah, I just I don't know. I'm not I'm not a fan. I think it's kind of boring to watch to me, a guy who's going to hit 50 home runs, but also a guy who's going to bat 200 and Joey Gallo is going to strike out like 240 times this year. I guarantee it.
0: Oh, yeah, he's going to strike out a ton. He'll probably be among the league leaders.
1: Uh, oh, well, I, I guess it, it just it's kind of weird to me that Joey Gallo is still an everyday player.
0: It's the, the home runs are what's saving him. I mean,
1: really? Well, what's saving him is that he's in Texas and they've got no other options, I suppose.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of hitting, why don't we just kind of go more into the offense? I think what was most frustrating about that Rangers series is that really good offensive efforts were wasted. They scored 28 runs in that first series. Yeah, That should be enough to win you a series, right? Well, unfortunately, it was Mm -hmm. not. Let's just go down the line. So far, Wilson Contreras looks really good. Javi Baez looks like Javi Baez the last year. He's driving in runs. He's hitting home runs. I know it's really early, but he's leading an RBI on the team. If you really care about RBI at this point, just pointing that out. Chris Bryant looks like Chris Bryant again in every way. The good at-bats, the walks, the hits. He's got a homer. So that's a good sign.
1: Hell, even Hayward is is hitting the ball.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, He's got five hits. He's also doing doing some
1: some Jason Hayward things, a typical uh, double play guy that he has been the last couple of years. But, I mean, it's... I'm I'm encouraged by the offense. It, they collectively they look good, and I'm especially happy with Willie because I I really really wanted Willie to have a great season in mm-hmm. 2019. I'm really rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if he gets some of that power back too, that's massive for this team.
0: Yeah, for sure. And let's not also forget Kyle Schwarber. We mentioned it yeah. before, but we'll bring him up again. So should Sh- good things.
1: Should Schwarber be playing more against lefties? Because I I saw that, that Madden has made a comment that Schwarber has kind of adjusted his approach a little bit so that he can hit against lefties better. But he's he hasn't played against lefties yet. And I know, I, I, again, we're just four games into the season, so it's too small sample size. But do you think Schwarber should be getting some starts against left handers? I mean, I do. you don't you don't know if it's going to work unless
0: you try it. Right, exactly. And I think a lot of people would agree with you that they should try it. They don't have to do it every single time, but I think no. they should start making it more of a regular thing. Especially if, you know, roster changes and you're going to have Ian Happ up and you're going to be doing more platooning in center, you know, give Kyle Schwarber some more time. If this is really going to be his breakout year, then you're going to want him playing more often than not and not just a platoon role. You want him to be more of an everyday guy yeah
1: and and he's looking pretty good at the plate so far. he yes, really is he is and and we keep saying this. we've said this every year since he's come up. Mate, is this the year that Schwarber really breaks out and plays uh close to his full potential? So
0: far, so good yeah i'm I'm all in on that. You know what's really interesting, and it was only one game, mind you, and only five plate appearances. But I really kind of liked what I saw in a few at-bats from Victor Caratini. He had a double yeah. the other way. He had another hit. Yeah, he had a pretty bad strikeout late in the game. But I know it's an incredibly small sample size, but you at least hope that he can improve at the plate.
1: Yeah, I, I like it, especially because everybody all offseason long, they like, oh my God, the Cubs need to get a really old backup catcher. They just have to have one. It's ridiculous that they didn't get one. It's like Caratini's fine. And, and I'm still and, in the book. They and, need a veteran. Well, I know that you want. I know that you want veteran defense too. You want. Uh, I uh, Caratini is probably not as good defensively as some of the guys out there that you could get. But again, it's a backup catcher, so you're not. You're talking about a handful of games, not an entire season's worth. I think Caratini is a, a perfectly acceptable backup catcher.
0: I just if he grows more and more, then. I will grow more and more in liking him. It's not to say like, I don't dislike the guy, but you know, he's got to prove himself first. And, and, uh, you know, actually having veteran catchers can do. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I mean,
1: I'm fairly convinced that at some point this season, they will get one of those guys. Probably. I mean, it's if history repeats itself.
0: It's, it's, you know, it's a common theme. You remember. Yeah. In 2017, we got both Rene Rivera and, Alex Avila. And then the year before, obviously you had Miguel Montero and David Ross. Same with the year before that. But yeah, you know just going back to that. It just, you see the value in that and what a guy Mm -hmm. like David Ross can do. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I'm not sure
1: that they had to do it in the off season necessarily. They're, they're going to get one. I'm, I'm pretty confident that at some point they will trade for or acquire a veteran catcher.
0: Is there anyone in particular you would want? Do you think they would trade for someone, claim one off waivers, sign a free agent? I know they were talking at uh, Sandy Leone or whatever that guy's name is from Mm -hmm. the Red Sox. That'd be a good acquisition. Leon can hit too. He's not a bad hitter. The guy I'd really want is Martin Maldonado, but I think he'd want to be starting. But if you trade for him, it's like, well, he traded for him. It's not like it was your choice to sign anywhere because I have a good feeling that the Royals are going to be trading him off near the deadline. He signed oh, a one year deal with the yeah. Royals. He's going <laughs> to be dealt.
1: The Royals, the Royals are not in a good spot They're, Yeah. The Royals are going to be making some moves and I would, I would guess that Martín Maldonado is going to end up on another team this year that like that that's just seems inevitable right every team every team wants a veteran backup catcher it seems like
0: oh yeah i mean we've seen the value of it it's mm-hmm. it's all there okay so here's let's go in a little baseball talk in general right now who are your for sure selling teams right now without even letting the rest of the season play out who do you think for sure are going to be sellers oh
1: the the royals are are for sure sellers I mean, that's that's they're going to be absolute trash. Um, I don't I guess I I would say Baltimore, but I don't even think they have any intriguing pieces to trade. Most of their pieces Uh, now are guys they are
0: trying to groom. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Detroit, I suppose. Um, The White Sox, I think, are going to actually try to be good, even though that's not going to happen. Miami, again, is going to be awful. Uh, they're another team, though, that I'm I'm not really sure if they've even got any intriguing big league talents that, Castro that anyone would be interested in. I don't is know the if only
0: he, one I could think of.
1: I suppose I don't even I don't even know if Castro is going to get much interest on the market. Uh, Arizona Arizona's already made it clear that they're they're not going to try to win the West. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they they wouldn't admit that, but they they know their fate. So Arizona's going to sell. I don't think anyone in the Central is a seller as of right now. I mean, uh, the Reds the Reds are going to try to go for it. I think it's, uh, it's not going to work out, but I applaud them for trying.
0: No, and I think the Pirates are going to be that team that, like they do every year, they're not going to sell or buy. They're just going to stand pat. That's what they do. You know what I... Except I kinda- for Chris Archer, obviously.
1: I kind of think the Mets. I think the Mets could be a team that could sell. I, I I think most people would agree. I don't see the Mets being very good this year. And I think that they uh, need... I think they just need to... Yeah, I, I'm not in. I'm not a
0: believer in the Mets. I, think, I can see them kind of making a, a decent run at this season, but nothing I can't to overtake the any Mets. of the other teams. They're the Mets. They're the Mets,
1: and they'll find a way to screw it up like they always do. Uh, okay. 20, 2015 was an anomaly. It's, that's yeah, that's out of the question. I think they should sell one of their pitchers. I really do. I know they just got, they just locked up to on a on a big extension, but I think they could they could get a ton for somebody like Mats or Syndergaard. Maybe not Mats, but but uh, I don't know. I think that it's probably time for them to
0: consider trying to add some some young talent. Here's the thing: Thor is. When he's healthy, he might be the most dominant right-handed pitcher in the whole game.
1: Yeah, I but don't I think a lot that of... he can pitch for an entire season healthy right. anymore, though. I, That's like, what
0: teams would be worried about.
1: His style of pitching is just like you're always just on the cusp uh, of an interview with him, it seems like. like the, 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 minute, the minute the news breaks that, he's get, that he has to be out for uh, however long, I'm not going to be shocked at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I'm a huge fan of Noah Syndergaard, but it just year after year there's some obstacle in the way. It's it kind of stinks to see.
1: That's there's, I mean, those kinds of pitchers, they're super exciting early and in their prime, but mm-hmm. they Noah Syndergaard's not the kind of pitcher who could pitch till he's thirty five, thirty six, not at least not well. Because that he's gonna lose that velocity unless he starts roiding it, which is pretty hard to get away with nowadays it just that's he's the kind of guy that flames out pretty quickly
0: yeah it's it's unfortunate there's one team that you didn't mention that i think is going to be pretty dang bad unless by some miracle they turn it around do you have any idea who it is hmm Uh, judging
1: by the way you said that i'm guessing they're off to a hot start not exactly not exactly. Uh, I'm going to go with Oakland then. No. Okay. I you're mean, close. Uh, yeah, I'm, Oakland is a team that was awesome last year that's doomed to fail this year, I think. You're, um, you're close. Am I? I'm in the right division? Y- not the right division, but the right area.
0: Okay. Uh, Cleveland. No. No. What? What? Cleveland see. and Oakland are nowhere near each other.
1: Oh, 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 you mean, you mean geographically,
0: geographically. Yes.
1: OK, OK. Pfft. I don't know. San Francisco.
0: Yes. Really? That that lineup. Think about that lineup. Who's going to score a bunch of runs? I mean, who's going to be Bumgarner. Well, that's one pitcher. <laughs> Maybe With... he's their best hitter. <laughs> well, okay, touche. I mean, they still have Buster Posey, but Buster Posey's getting yeah. All the, the Buster Posey heyday
1: is is gone. He's still he's still good, but his like the the MVP caliber seasons are probably behind him.
0: Probably not hitting twenty not. Plus homers anymore. No, Evan Longoria's heyday was a long time ago. Brandon Belt's okay, but. Yeah, you look at that lineup. It's just it's doesn't scare you at all.
1: No, not at all. And Brandon Crawford is he's not bad either. He's probably fantastic. He's, love he's more of a defensive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I Yeah, I'm on board with you, actually. That's
0: they're not they're not impressive at all. Because I think they have some intriguing pieces to sell off, including Will Smith and tony watson in the bullpen and if even mark melanson yeah yeah if he has a bounce back year you might see that but you look at everywhere else you look at the rotation johnny cueto's on the 60-day dl i mean i I hate to say because i think he's a really good pitcher but i'm starting to think he's kind of done yeah cueto's over outside
1: is canceled canceled that's what (laughs) i like it when that that's I'm using that wrong because that's what people say on Twitter when when somebody does something socially bad.
0: Yes, they,
1: they go, "This person is canceled." Cancelled. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Cueto. I I think he's probably getting towards the end, which is sad because I like him too. He, he, he was, was very good in his. He prime. was really fun to watch in his prime. Yeah, very that underrated delivery. Yeah, yeah, underrated. You don't see many dreadlocks. Uh, pitchers with dreadlocks either. So he, it was kind of cool too.
0: No, yeah, he had a very distinct, uh very distinct motion, very distinct personality. There's something it, about a chubby pitcher that people just seem to
1: love. Like they just eat that crap up. Chubby pitcher. Everyone loves that.
0: But he was still really athletic too. Mm-hmm. Like he was throwing yeah. hard and you know, he, he was, he was a he athlete out there.
1: He deserves the love that Bartolo Cologne gets, which I've, I mean, I, I guess I kind of understand the, the the hype with Bartolo Colon, but if you like, if you just read his Wikipedia, you won't like Bartolo Colon as much anymore. Yeah, and I, we like we we, we we don't have to get into all that right now. But Bartolo Colon is not like the the wholesome guy you think he is.
0: Yeah, and he is he is a former roid user. I will throw that out there.
1: Yeah, that's just one of a few troubling things.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Bartolo
1: Colon, that now that's that's a guy that that you could say is canceled. canceled. But we we've all we've all kind of just sort of looked past his his past.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I won't get into more detail on that, but yeah, yeah you raised a good point. But you look at that Giants rotation, you don't have Quito anymore. You have the rotting corpse of Derek Holland who had some good years a few years ago but hasn't been really good the past few Mm -hmm. uh you have jeff samarja who's gonna give you some really good starts and some really bad ones and then he will end up having like a high three low four era yeah samarja pretty pretty overrated that jeff samarja Remember that? Remember when we traded him and he was having mm-hmm. that career year? And then that's he, like the only Hamilton great Franklin, year he's just, ever had. It's, it's the what he only was only awesome year he
1: ever had. Yeah, he's good. That's the only awesome year he's ever had. Yeah, it it was. He's I a, mean, other than otherwise, he's pretty much just your like your run of the mill fourth starter.
0: Yeah. No, you're. you're and not every wrong. once
1: in a while, he's gonna have a dynamite outing, but generally speaking, he's just pretty average and sometimes
0: not even. He's good to have on a team that has great defense. And that's probably why San Francisco was a good fit for him when he signed there. They had a good defense, and they had a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. But remember when he was on the White Sox? Terrible (laughs) defense, very hitter-friendly ballpark. That was a disaster. Yes.
1: It's, for the most part, been, I I don't know if I want to say disaster, but it hasn't really
0: worked out in San Fran either. You know what? While we're on, Jeff Samarja... I talked before the show about doing our random cub again. Yeah. Why don't we just stick with him and look back at his cub's okay. tenure? Because okay. it was an interesting one, to say the yeah. least. And you remember, oh. he was a multi-sport athlete.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Is he Maybe he should have played football. Here are his career numbers. Could, could, could he have gone to the I don't even know. Could, did he get drafted? Could he have entered the NFL draft, you think? I don't know.
0: I don't know. That was so long. I don't really ago. know either. I, I he have was. No he idea. was.
1: I think he was a wide receiver. He was.
0: Yeah, at Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Hmm. Now his career numbers: four fifteen ERA, a FIP of three eight six, a WHIP of one point two five eight, a strikeouts per nine of eight point one, and a base on ball per nine of two point seven. Not bad. Nothing special, though. Nothing either. Nothing special, but not bad.
1: Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying is that Jeff Samarja gets looked at as like a borderline centerpiece. Like he is, a, he would be a big fish in free agency, which and I never I'd really, underst- I I never really understood. That. That I never really
0: understood that. I think.
1: But at at one point when he was a free agent last, he was kind of seen that way. He was seen as as a big fish free agent, and maybe, maybe. that was just because it wasn't a particularly impressive class, but. Jeff Samarja, with the exception of of a couple years, is just entirely
0: average. Here's the thing with him. I think the appeal was is that he was durable. He can give you 30-plus starts. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's had a run of 30-plus starts from 2013 to 2017. And even in 2012, he made 28 starts, and he would have made 30-plus. But if you remember, they shut him down. Those last few yeah. weeks of 2012 when they literally had people off the streets pitching. Uh, and, you know, he had a few good years in there. 2012 was good. 2014 was his career year. He finished the season with a 299 ERA. 2015, bat the Sox. 2016 with San Francisco, 381 ERA. 2017, 442, but a 361 FIP. So there was a little difference there. I just I think the appeal for Samarja to the Giants was the environment and was the team that was around him. And you can at least look at him and say, OK, he's not going to put up amazing numbers, but he'll put up good enough numbers in the right environment to be, you know, a solid middle of the rotation guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, there's not really much more to add to that. I I remember wanting Jeff Samarja back pretty badly at one point uh, and then quickly being relieved that that reunion did not happen
0: yeah it's it's funny you look at his career when it started with the cubs oh wait was the first time he pitched and that was out of the bullpen 228 era pretty good then 2009 2010 there were a few starts sprinkled in there and a few bullpen sessions and combine those two years it was a 783 era and i remember thinking okay this guy's no good get rid of him and then 2011 he had a great year in the bullpen and then he had a good year starting in 2012. Pretty mediocre in 2013. And then 2014 was his all-star year. So kind of an up and down uh, a tenure for Jeff Samarja on the Cubs.
1: That's a, that's a good way to define his career, I suppose. Up and down.
0: Yeah, exactly. No,
1: no, really no consistent greatness. Just flashes.
0: When he was on... It was fantastic to watch. When the splitter was working, it was great. When the splitter was hanging, it was going a long way. Mm hmm. And it still does. You know what's funny is I'll just never forget 2016, game two of the NLDS. The Cubs just jumped all over him and won. That, yes, that was fun. That was satisfying. And they like went took his pitch count and skyrocketed it in the first inning, and then it was just kind of off to the races. There's
1: just, even if it's not your team, there's just something weirdly satisfying about watching a team shell a player that used to play for them.
0: Especially one that, he. I mean, he was a, a Chicago vice cup for a while. Yes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Bryce Harper struck out in his first at-bat, against Max Scherzer in Washington ha! today. Yeah, that Max
1: Scherzer guy, I tell you what, he might be good. He might have himself a future in MLB. I see him as being a guy that could get some strikeouts. That's a bold prediction, I know, but I think he's going to make it in this baseball industry. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Is it this young up-and-comer? What is Max Scherzer like, 19? Pretty impressive yeah, start to his career his here. More in his 30s. He's oh, yeah, so I, was, a little I couldn't remember a if he was of if he was, like, 34. Yeah. Dude, I love Max Scherzer so much. He, like, he, it, I Obviously Cubs fan, but he's one of my favorite players. Uh, Mine too. He might be my favorite non-Cub to watch. Like, I've mentioned it before, just that look in his eye when he's pitching. Like, Which one? He, he's, yeah,
0: <laughs> he's a scary-looking dude when he is on the mound. Just looking at his numbers on Baseball Reference, and you know, when he started with Arizona, remember, he started with Arizona. A lot of people forget that. And then Mm -hmm. he went to Detroit. He became the dominant force that he was in 2013 when he won his first of three Cy Young Awards. Since then, before this start and since 2013, here are his numbers. 281 ERA a FIP of 286, a WHIP under one, a strikeouts per nine of 11.1, and that was in 197 starts. Jeebus. That's incredible. Is that good? It's, it's okay, I guess. I mean, in Washington, you know, 270 ERA, 289 FIP, strikeouts per yeah. nine of eleven points i mean that's pretty good i guess like i said i i think this baseball thing is it might work out for him and he's got a lot of miles on his arm he's showing no signs of slowing down that's the thing that's the thing every year i'm like this has
1: got to be the year that max scherzer starts winding down a little bit right Mm -hmm. and then he puts a cy young campaign together again every year i've learned to just stop doubting him altogether he's like i'm pretty much convinced he's just going to be awesome till the day he retires you could argue,
0: and that based would be on the awesome. that he just gets better with age. That would be,
1: how awesome would it be if he retires at like 38 years old and he was, he's just dominant up until the day he retires? That would be awesome. If that's something you don't see very often, a pitcher like that going out on top.
0: No. That's, that that's that the hardest awesome. thing
1: to do is to watch a once amazing pitcher kind of start to flame out at the end of his career as they're getting mm-hmm. older. It would be sweet if Max Scherzer just kept... Fire and fire till the day he's done.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a free agent in 2022. But hey, at this rate, he may get an extension. You never know. You know? Screw it. If you're the Nationals, go for it. You might as well. Even like a three year extension and yeah. pitch him till he's what in his late 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Honestly, it doesn't even that doesn't even sound like much of a risk to me. And normally it would be for a 34 year old, but this guy—it's completely yeah, different. Yeah, Max story. Scherzer's different. Yeah, he's—he's he's definitely different. Yeah, he's—he's he's really something to watch. Um, so I don't know if you have anything else to talk about. We could obviously go on hours and hours talking about this Cub team, but yeah. I, I think we're just got to sit back and watch another week of baseball unfold. And it's going to be tough because we got to go to Milwaukee and yeah. Right now, Milwaukee is uh, doing what they were doing last year. Frickin' Christian Yelich, that's insane. I know I mean, it's so stupid. I it's kind of starting to annoy me.
1: Yeah, you think?
0: and they're winning again, so they're about to be five and one. Yeah, unless like Cincinnati just, just comes back, just go zero for four, dude. Be normal and just go zero for four, like
1: everyone else in the league does occasionally. But no, he's got to be hitting Bonds level. It's got to be hitting one or two home runs every single game. It's crazy. I, I almost think that, that the, the devil magic has left St. Louis and has made its way to Milwaukee. That's kind
0: of what it feels like. Yeah. Orlando Arcia just hit a go-ahead three-run homer, so yeah, it, go ahead three run homer. Yeah. Orlando Arcia has no business hitting a go ahead homer. And Jolie's Chess sink continues to mow guys down. Yeah.
1: It's, this is literally it's, what the Cardinals have done world. for years. This is Seinfeld bizarro world what the Brewers are doing it, it's it angers me. I keep saying that at some point their luck has to run out. Because you I look keep at that saying rotation it, too, but it doesn't. You look at that rotation that they've got and you would think that they're going to win no more than like 81, 82 games. That rotation just
0: screams 500 ball club, but they're going to win 95 somehow. Yeah, because Jolie's chess scene is going to continue to look like a Cy Young winner. Yeah, Zach Gates is going to turn into Kyle Hendricks 2.0. Yeah. Uh you know it's oh lokane has got
1: locaine has got to run out of juice at some point too, right? Like that last he year, he had was his best year so of his good.
0: career. Yeah, and he's I mean,
1: 33. That's, that's got to be kind of an anomaly, right? I mean, he's a
0: good player. He's he's got a great career, but he can't keep that up, can he? At at this rate, I just. I I see Milwaukee as like what the Cardinals were for so many years now. Like you said, it's they yeah. just they they, they they do everything right and everything goes right, and it's it's nuts. And yes, I know I sound salty, but I'm gonna be salty.
1: Yeah, I, and you know I'm gonna stick with my my preseason prediction of saying that they're gonna win like. 84 games, I think, is what I said. It was some somewhere in the ballpark there. Like I, I had them just barely over 500.
0: Do you think it's going to be one of those things where they just kind of crash and burn in the second half, or just things just start turning away from them? Or no, my my initial thought was that they
1: were just kind of going to be an average team all year long. Not that they were going to have uh, really hot stretches and really cold. I kind of thought that they would just beat average for the majority of the year. Uh, so far, it's not, that's not looking good. No. Nope. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give credit where credit's due and say that I think Craig Council is probably just a really good manager. Yes, yeah, I mean, he that's, is. That's, I think we probably should consider the possibility that Craig Council is a good manager who's getting a lot out of his team.
0: Their whole coaching staff is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think coaching staffs are sometimes underrated, and I, I think that a source of this brewer's success is the fact that their coaching is so good
1: yeah yeah it, it pains me to say it but I think Craig Council is just a really good manager and for that reason the Brewers that I think they're they're always going to stay afloat at, at, which I think Absolutely. is worst case scenario I I don't see them crashing and burning I don't either I don't, yeah I just don't think they're gonna they're not gonna be like you know 70-ish wins this year They're 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 gonna be in the conversation all year long
0: no, no, no doubt. It's just no the doubt. way it
1: is. Yeah, it sucks, but that's the way it is.
0: For sure. Well, that pretty much wraps it up here on Climbing the Ivy. Adam, I want to thank you, as always, for coming on. Really good discussions today. Next week, we will talk more about more baseball, because that's what we do here. So until Yippee! next time. Baseball, yeah, fun? woo! Yeah. Yay. It's a lot of fun. So until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night.